Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are listening to the Hood Geniuses podcast with your host, Miss 100. The Hood Geniuses podcast now begins. What's good, peoples? This is your host, Miss 100. And uh, with this episode today, I have uh, one of my good friends. Um, he has a success story. Um, he goes by the name Gary Belly Jr. He's an attorney. Um, we're just going to sit back on this Sunday and and just have open discussions about various topics. And uh, just fall back and listen. You know what I'm saying? Because he got a lot to say. I got a lot to say. Um, we're going to chill, you know. And I'm going to let him uh, say where... You know how he got his start, what made him want to be an attorney coming up from the hood in Philadelphia, you know what I'm saying? Um, so I'm going to you the mic. What's up, Miz 100? What's going on, man? Thank yeah, you. yeah, yeah. Talk a little bit into the mic. Thank, thanks for having me here, man. I appreciate the love of always supporting everything you've been doing. <clears throat> um, so where you want, where you want to know? Where you want me to start at? Man, I mean, um, let them know, like, where, where, um, what part of Philly you from? Well, you know, man, you go way back. I'm originally from Germantown, uh, but also grew up in West Philly, too. That's where, you know, you and me, I met back when we was young whippersnappers, what, six, seven years old? Yeah, yeah. Way, way back in the day. Um, <laughs> but I would say West Philly life is probably what contributed most to who, who I am. Um, I know you were saying... What made me want to become an attorney? And it's funny, people always ask me that uh, because they assume that's not the career I always wanted. And it's, it's funny, back in fourth grade, our teacher did a de- made us do a demonstration on the Dred Scott case. It's a Supreme Court case. Uh, one of the first few ones that people you know should look it up because it's really important about our history. But Dred Scott was a free slave that got away and then moved to a free state uh, where he should have been able to just walk free. What happened was the slave master found him and took him and locked him up. Case went to court and the court, Supreme Court determined that as Africans, um, if we were slaves, we were always slaves, even though you went to a state where slavery uh, was outlawed or, or not present. A slave masters could still come back and get you because you were his property. So that was one of the seminal cases that determined as Africans, even as human beings in a free state, we were not free. We were still human. I mean, we were still property. So that case and that that little display back way back in fourth grade had a long standing of oppression on me. I, I determined that that's what I wanted to do for life, which is to advocate for justice and be a voice for the unheard, for the disenfranchised and taking advantage of people. 
Well, I mean, that's some deep shit there, brother. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, I always thought, like, you want to uh, be an attorney. I seen it in you. You know what I'm saying? When we used to have our little debates about sports and uh, who we were smashing Hollywood. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Remember those debates back in the day? You know what I'm saying? Being, you know, young, hot in the pants, teenagers and shit. You know what I mean? But we, we actually debated about all types of stuff at a young age. And um, if you remember, I used to call you the, the attorney. You know what I'm saying? Of course I remember. And, and, I, and I always tell people, I didn't choose a profession. A profession chose me. I even go even deep. When you look at my, my first son, you know, I'm a Libra. What's the, what's the sign of Libra? Scales of justice. When you look at my personality, yeah, I love a good debate, I love a, a, a good discussion, but all those things were in me before I actually became a lawyer. You gotta remember, I came I didn't officially go to law school and become a practicing attorney until my early 30s. You know, so for the first pretty much half part of my life you remember I did finance I did some other career accounts and stuff, but I did a couple of things. I mean, I was heavy in sports when I was in high school but you know, the, the profession chose me. I didn't choose a profession. It's just always part of who I am, and it's always part of who I will be. Yeah. Yeah, look, um, let's have a keep it 100 moment right now. Keep it keep it 100 <laughs> moment for me right now. You about now. to ask me some foul like, stuff. Like, I mean, like, did you have a dream of, like, saying, well, damn, if I'm an attorney... How much money I could take <laughs> under the table from drug dealers in Philly? <laughs> Yo, it's it's actually the opposite. One of the reasons I waited so long to become an attorney is because I didn't want to ever get caught up in criminal defense because I know how bad and corrupt it is. Um, so I, I never thought of that. My last two years of law school, I actually interned at the DA's office, and I saw the other side of just how corrupt the system is. So no, I never had, I never had that thought in my mind of how much money I could pocket or you know any of the foul stuff I could do. Um, I, I really always kept it straight um, to where I'm at now, which is I'm trying to help our people. I'm, I'm trying to advance our people, and in fact, I actually turned down shady deals, dirty money, and all those other things, because I don't know where I'll be at 10, 15, 20 years from now, but I never want to be in a position where I have to answer for something that I did, you know, before. I, I always want to be in the oppor- have the opportunity to be in a position to do positive and, to, you know, to grow, especially if I run for, po- you know, political office, something like that. I don't need anybody coming back saying that I pocketed money or I did something foul. Damn, okay. Yo, yo, that's that's good shit, you know what I'm saying? Because usually, you know, attorneys, a, a good majority of attorneys are, are known as sleazeballs, you know what I'm saying? Like sleeve bags and shit, you know, just, just burning people because they had the knowledge to do it, you know what I'm saying? Um, but the good thing is that um, a lot of people may not know... Um, Philly is just a, a tough city to come up in. You know what I mean? You have so many um, pressures to deal with uh, from the women to, you know, all the um, 
drugs, drugs, you know, everything. Um, the, the violence, all that, and I come from a pretty big family. I mean, even in my house, three brothers and two sisters, and you know, I got I got stories. We we all we all had our had our situations. I mean, I always tell people I've been blessed. I come from a very broken home. I mean, my mother's been married and divorced three times. You know, my father never married, like on and on. And, you know, that's where it starts for me. My parents, despite the fact that they were never never together, were almost like best friends in terms of being on the same page to raise me. You know, the only difference between me and some of our friends that we grew up with is my mistakes weren't as big. You know, I was always a risk taker. You know, I would tilt the line, but I knew where the line was and never crossed it. So... You know, have I broken traffic laws? Of course. I was drinking at 14. I mean, I did I mess around with chicks? I did everything. But a couple things I never did was, I never was in the gambling, never was in the drugs, and I never carried illegal weapons. Realistically, if you stay away from those three or four things, you can stay out of a lot of trouble. And, and that's what I pretty much did. You know, I, 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 st- I kept on my studies. You know, I focused on the bigger picture. And, you know, a, a lot of things turned on my way. I mean, friends like you, family members always supported me and helped me to get to where I'm at. So that's something I'm always thankful and cognizant of. Yeah, yo, that's that's good shit. You know, I got I need another keep it real moment with you. Because I heard you say you was, you know, drinking 14 and dealing with the chicks and all that. Um, did, did you have to pay for any abortions out there? <laughs> As a teenager. Okay, Nori, here you go. <laughs> Listen, let me tell you something. I've never gotten a woman pregnant in my entire life. Now, only because you my man, I'm saying this yeah. on the airways, because that's not something I share. But I, it's, it's never happening. You know I'm divorced. Yeah. So yeah. even within that, I consider that accomplishment. To me, that's the next closest thing to being a virgin. <laughs> Yeah, 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 because you know, at one point and um, back in them times when we was coming up as teenagers and early twenties and all that, uh, that was like a hustle for some of the the, the, the chicks in the hood. Yeah. You know, they was hustling dudes out of abortion money. Listen, I, I personally have homies that I know have caused about eight to nine plus abortions. I think it's the hard most horrible thing in the world. But yeah, I, I mean they say birds with feather flock together, no sir. Because I, I've, I've never caused not one, but I, I have some friends who I know that their, their numbers are up there, and it's sad because we, you know, we all agree on a statistic. I mean, disagree sometimes on a statistic, but isn't it out there at the least in the airwaves that what 50, somewhere around fifty percent of black fetuses are aborted? Something yeah, like that. Yeah, so, yeah, that's you know, crazy. Again, it's one of them things to where. I've always had a mindset to not contribute to the statistics. Never had an STD either. So you you yeah 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 that's that. Listen, that's me. That's me too. I don't okay. care whoever don't believe that, that's but no, nah, I never put in. I wasn't a firm believer in putting out raw work like that. You know what I'm saying? The 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 hot dog came in a package. It's gonna go in in a package, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't a firm believer that raw worked like that, so I never got a STD, um, which I'm proud of that, whether y'all believe it or not. 
you know what I'm saying? But, you know, to stay on the theme of, um, you know, since you actually are attorney and, uh, you know, that's on the same lines of uh, politics and stuff like that. Um, recently, like last week, um, I think I was telling you about this earlier about T.I. Uh, writing a, um, a letter to Lil Wayne about Lil Wayne's interview on Dateline about him basically not caring about Black Lives Matter movement. And uh, this was Lil Wayne's exact words. He says, fuck Black Ladder. No, he said, fuck Black Black Lives Matter. My bitches matter. (laughs) Yeah, Wayne, first of all, we shouldn't even be talking about him, but it's okay. You know, he's a topic for discussion. Little Wayne is the epitome, and and I'm going to quote almost what T.I. said, but didn't go hard on it, on the the sand book. People say Uncle Tom, but Uncle Tom is not accurate based on the actual book in the movie. Sambo is the one that that represents it, which is Little Wayne understands that he's going to do and say whatever he needs to say to get attention, to make money, and to stay famous. So I don't even really put stock into anything that he does. I've never been a fan. I'm not a fan. And I and I can't stand them. Um, but I appreciate at least on some level what T.I. has attempted to do. The reason I can't give him full credit, I can't give Snoop full credit, and a lot of rappers is because they've made millions of dollars. Snoop is what, excess of 150 maybe? T.I. is probably around 40, 50, somewhere around that. They made all this money, and then, and now in 2016, when it say staying together, we gotta do the right thing. Let's be positive. Let's say the kids. I'm cool with that. Get the money back though, cause you're not gonna need no brown meat and steal the money from the community and give out turkeys. Like, no, I'm not buying that. You lost the credibility to say that when you're still living a lifestyle that was based on disrespecting and pillaging the community. So I appreciate you at least saying something. But I'm not I'm not jumping on the bandwagon until you start giving a lot of them checks back. You ain't gotta give it all back, but you gotta give a lot of it back. You know what I mean? Stoop said a lot of bitches and hoes, ain't no fun. T.I. was doing a lot of strip club pillaging, you know, and doing all that. To where now him calling out Lil Wayne is the, almost the epitome of the pot calling the kettle black. Like, no, you you don't you don't have that lane and that right to say that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, um, I totally agree with everything you said. Um, I, I didn't like what I seen what Ti was doing as far as writing to Lil Wayne, or I guess that was his Instagram page or whatever. But my thing is, he was saying there that he's just you know they're cool, they're friends, they good good bros or whatever. But my thing is, if y'all really that cool, you don't even put something like that on social media. You know what I'm saying? You actually uh, go see him. You know what I'm saying? If y'all supposed to be so cool, like, to put that on social media, that's almost like you looking for attention for to keep your name as an artist in the media to keep them talking about you. Because you know these artists always seem like they do stuff like this when they got something they promoting. And, um... I, that's the knock that I have on 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 the, what Ti did, and another thing, far as people was getting all mad about Lil Wayne saying that, I think 
we as people need to stop putting so much, um, you know, like so much concern into these celebrities. Like, you support them, y'all support these jokers, and they just rich fucking assholes. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of them is, is not intelligent as far as on certain levels. You know, they just got money and they're actually pushed in certain directions to do certain things behind the scenes. Well, even you know I mean? even more, they don't they don't care about us. I mean, I, I know that's hard for certain people to understand, but they, they don't care about us. They are businessmen. They are entertainers. And they have way more things that they're focused on that has nothing to do really with our community and our veins and other people. Case in point, you have all of these black millionaires that are athletes and entertainers, okay, that have, you know, billions of dollars. Because now that's, that's where we at. It's billions of dollars between the highest level of black celebrity. We still don't have any major banks. We don't have any insurance companies. We don't have any huge real estate trusts. We don't even have any other countries. Why is Liberia still the only free country that was that was made by free slaves in Africa? Why is why are there no other islands? Like Kevin Hart made the joke about what Ludacris and uh, the, the actor over in Mackay Pfeiffer and them about you know buying an island. Hold on, why is that a joke? Why why wouldn't they all buy an island that is owned by us or at least owned by the native people but backed by us? Mm-hmm. Okay, so that we can own the resorts, so that we can own the exportation of the agriculture, of, you know, the seafood, the fruit, any precious metals they got there. God forbid you find oil. Like, why Why is that a foreign concept? But yet you go to all the Caribbean countries, it's owned by British, it's owned by French, it's owned by Swiss people, and they own all the economy. Why are we not doing that? Why? Because they don't really care about us. So we put all this stock into them. We bigging them up. We we spending all our money on them, and they could care less about us. None of the money's going back to us. And if it, if it does, it's minimal. It's little stuff that you know just for the TVs. Now I don't know what everybody's doing, but if you the truth is, if I don't see it, I don't really care either because of the fact that when you can promote the image of buffoonery. You should be equally vigilant and, pro- and promoting the image of giving back. Because always people always like to say, well, don't let your left hand know what the right hand's doing. You don't know what we're doing in secret. Well, I don't care. It needs to be on TV. Yeah. Because when I see you on TV shooting guns and having our sisters with their ass shaking all night, you know, and, and the gold and the cars and the big house, I need other images to show the opposite part. Yeah. I need our young brothers to see the opposite part, which is you giving back major money, which is why, you know, I got some issues kind of with LeBron, but I at least appreciate what he does because he makes it known what he's doing on a high level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. I agree. Um, there's something else I want to add to that, which um, what you were saying, like, you know, these rich um, black celebrities don't care and we support them. But also, a lot of them, they scare. They scare. And what I mean they scare is they get on, they get financed by some white, some white gazillionaire, and they didn't got all these endorsement deals. And then they, they fear of, oh, shit, if I give back to my black people, I'm going to lose 
this one endorsement deal or this deal, this and that. And that that's that's a problem too. You know what I'm saying? Them fearing the fact that they didn't, you know, they was given a chance to become rich, you know, off entertainment. And and the white man did it, you know what I'm saying? And they don't they fear if they give back that they gonna have all that taken away from them, which is crazy because my my thing is once you become rich you do what you want to do. <laughs> you well, know what I'm saying? Don't 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 get it twisted. They can take all that. They they uh, that's true. Well, move. When, well, yeah. but here's the thing. Take your money and roll. But that's the whole thing. It's power in numbers. And that's what the part that I keep preaching to people. Like one Okay, I'm gonna take my profession. In Philly, there's a handful of successful black attorneys that have their own businesses. If I had to guess that's really making okay, like good money, I'm probably one of less than 20. It might be actually close to 10, but I'll say 20 because I didn't really dig in deep enough to see who who was out there that we all are really making money. But I always say we need to get together because it's good we making money, but any one of us can get shut down tomorrow. And then the next year they can shut another one down. They can shut another one. And we look up 10 years from now, and it's only one or two of us left with a few new school cats. But again, we're still not moving the needle, okay? Mm. At the point to where four or five, six of us get together, okay, they can take one of us out, but it's still four of them, five of us on the team, and we can keep growing the team. That's how you make a change. That's how you make a difference. So I get it where they're saying, you know, I got endorsements, I got kids to feed, I got family, I got business, I got to do all that, and I may lose it. But it only, first of all, if you lose it, then it was never yours anyway. I believe in that cliche. It's serious. What's yours is yours. Can't nobody take it. If you got a grind, if you got a talent, if you got a skill, nobody can stop that. Okay. So whether or not you got to deal with Universal and they take away from Universal. Whether you go to Sony, if they take it from Sony and they boycott you, Sony, Universal, Disney, then you make your own. Yeah. That's the first problem. Why we keep going to everybody else to make money instead of making money amongst ourselves, okay? Yeah. Yeah. The Arab nations make money amongst themselves. It's called OPEC. And then Europe and America has to figure a way to get in there, Okay. The African nations, the one that are together, or at least we're trying, we're trying to make money on their own, change their own currency. And then, you know, you saw what happened to a couple of their leaders. Mm. The, the Asian countries, you know, China is killing it. Why? Because they got, what, 5 billion people that support themselves. The same thing with Japan. Same thing with North Korea. Say what you want about um, Kim Jong-un, but clearly he got a lock on that economy and what they're doing. Castro been in power since before you and I were here, you know, and his brother might be in power, but by the time we leave, it's, we keep running to everybody else to get validation, whether it's in school, whether it's in money, whether it's in religion, politics, all them things, instead of looking at the fact that us together as a minority, and I'm talking about black, Hispanic, Latino, all that, us together, because we all the same, come from the same place, we become the majority and we change the economics. Because, all right, say what you want about Black Lives Matter, All Lives Matter, everything else. America is a republic. It's a republic that is moved by capitalism. We will change nothing until we take the capitalism structure into our own hands. Instead of being consumers, we need to be buyers. We need to be owners. We need to be lenders. We need to be creators. And until we stop all that, 
we're never going to be able to do anything. When you look at history of this world, African nations is what brought this concept in terms of sharing, in terms of through the community growth, okay, progress. That's why uh, Egypt, Kemet, okay, and even the Moor movement ruled for so long and did so well. Because of those theories, it was only until uh, the growth of Rome and the invasion of Rome and Greece and all those different uh, uh, ideals, then republics started to come into place and then taking rule out of the people, you know, taking the control and the money and the sharing out of the people. Okay, so naturally we're built for that. But the whole way this country has brainwashed this is, well, I got to get mine. The crabs in the barrel, let me get out and then forget about you. As opposed to understanding our, our natural instinct is about community. It's about Oneness in terms of all of us, family taking care of one another. That's why when you look at other minority um, uh, nations that are represented in this country, that's what they do. That's why they survive. That's why all these Asian communities are thriving in major cities. That's why I say what you want about Puerto Ricans and Mexicans and Dominicans. That's why within their family structure, they're still thriving. And they struggle from some of the same discrimination in terms of, you know, mass incarceration and drugs and uh, broken families. But when you take a step back and look at it on a micro scale, they still have some of the most basic fundamental things of family and unity that we're lacking. And that's where we got to get back to. If we get back to those things, then it won't matter that somehow the quote-unquote white man can take your money, can take your endorsement, because you won't need it. We should be endorsing our own people. We should be supporting our own people. And then guess what? You can say what you want. You can do what you want. People take little things and question, why do I do what I do and say what I say? Because I say I don't have no solid partners. And if somebody want to take what I got away, fine. I'm going to figure something else out this next. So that's why I can be outspoken. That's one of the reasons why I went out on myself. Because I couldn't stand working for people and not having a voice. Not saying, no, I'm not representing this jackass. I'm not taking this shady case. I'm not messing around with these fools. Okay? Being as though I'm the one in charge now, just like you brought up. I have a, Now I can say, nope, I don't want that money. I don't want that case. I don't want to deal with this issue because it's about me. And guess what? My people support. That's the most blessed thing about my business. My people support me. If you go look at my caseload, 90% of them are African-Americans. Now, how many people can say that? Let let the people know uh, what cases you take. So I primarily do personal injury cases. So your typical accident, slip and fall. And for all the jokes, is no, I don't chase ambulances. I chase Brinks trucks. That's where the money at. And the insurance company's money is the Brinks truck. So that's where it's at. But I also do a little bit of family law. I do some criminal defense, but that's mainly through one of the attorneys that work for me the same as the family. Um, so in terms of through my firm, I like to tell people, more often than not, call me, okay? Because if I don't handle it personally or one of my attorneys doesn't handle it personally, I have enough connections to find a, the right person for you because I also pride myself on making sure that I just don't tell you no or send you down the river. I want to make sure I send you to another attorney who I can vouch for or sign up on because I want to make sure that you get the best representation possible. One of the problems that happens like still in our community is that our people 
don't get proper representation across the board. So I'm talking about what I do, which is personal injury, but they also get shady attorneys, like you said, that represent them in criminal matters who only want them to plead out, or family matters only want to ride the hourly cost up. You know, I have attorneys that um, will help you out with a will because you know black folks, they dying, not changing the, the name on the deed for 50 years and wondering why they can't get a home equity loan or get the gas or the taxes situation out. So whatever the case may be, I'll always say call me. You can call me at 267-225-5442. That's Bailey and Associates. I'm down at 15th and Walnut. Um the building that's right on the corner across from Verizon on the 8th floor. Yep, and that's in Philadelphia, you know what I'm saying? Philadelphia, Center City, uh, and Belly and Associates, um, you on all social media platforms except Snapchat, right? I'm not on Snapchat. I have a love-hate relationship with, with social media, um, but my name is on Facebook, Gary Bailey. If you pull me up, you'll see that 1984 Olympics avatar with Tommy Harris. I mean, Timmy Harris sticking his hand up with the black uh, power fist. On Instagram, I'm G period B period ESQ. And on uh, uh, Twitter, GB underscore ESQ. So you can find me if you want to see me. I'm around. None of my stuff is really private. And who I am on social media is who I am in real life. No front, no fake. Yeah, you know, um, I, I hope y'all listeners out there taking in this G knowledge that he just kicked. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's a play on words if you get it. But he kicked a lot of knowledge. Um, and I hope y'all was following it. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, this right here, this good brother is an inspiration to many. You know what I'm saying? We got to stop glorifying motherfuckers who go to jail and, and, and glorifying these drug dealers who who ain't doing shit. It's one thing to glorify a drug dealer who actually did something for his fucking hood. I could put, I could actually respect that. You know what I'm saying? Who, who did something for his hood and then turned around and said enough with the drug dealing and, and, and started creating jobs. You know what I'm saying? We, we glorifying fucking violence and idiots. You know what I'm saying? It, that shit needs to just stop. You know what I mean? Um, but... This is Here, here's the thing, yeah. which which I I try to keep telling people. You have a better chance because think of who who our heroes are, and I don't mean me and you, but the, the community. Our heroes are Jay Z, LeBron James, Michael Jordan. I, I'm gonna go on and on, and it's going it's really gonna come down. Fucking entertainers, to entertainers, man. and yeah, one president. Which you have a better chance to hit in the lottery. Other than getting into the NFL, NBA, becoming an Academy Award actor, whatever the case may be. And all those people make money, but here's the sad part. It's always people behind the scenes paying their bills. And it's a lot of black people in those positions that never get the light. So I'm not impressed. Why well, I am impressed. Let me stop there. But, I, but my heroes are not Michael Jordan, Jay-Z, you know, Bill Cosby. My heroes are people who I look at and be looking for. Okay, Damon John from FUBU. Kevin Lyles from uh, 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 Def Jam. Okay, uh, uh, I forget the guy. I can't think of his name. Um, but the GM for the Chicago White Sox, a black dude. Like, guys that's in business that's doing it. Bob Johnson, okay. 
um, uh, Kathy Hughes, people that's owning business, that's creating it, and that's yeah. that's making a difference. Because you have a better chance of being those guys and making real money as opposed to being the the artist that's on the face. Because you, I always say this: if somebody's paying LeBron James two hundred million, imagine what their money is. Yeah. Okay, so that's what I've always patterned my career. When I'm looking at what I'm doing now, which is, um, and, and I was talking to you about it, or maybe I didn't talk to you about it. I just started with another lawyer because, again, I told you about we got to team up. And one of my good partners, Emeka Igwe, he and I, we started a home care agency. We, we put the paperwork in last Friday. So now we're going to be doing that. Or we're going to be hiring home health aides and getting the contracts with Medicare. What's, what's his name again? Emeka Igwe. That's, uh, what high school he went to? Not from here. Oh, he's not from here. Oh, from Delaware. From Delaware? Oh, I'm thinking of Samayo. Yeah. yeah. But his brother, see, and this is showing love, his brother owns one of the biggest companies here um, in the city, Moravia Health. And he told his brother, said, listen, you need to get into the business. And Mac and I were talking about merging our firms because he has a successful personal injury firm too. And we said, well, look, we mine as well. We got, we have about three or four other businesses that we want to start. And God willing, we're going to be just as big as anybody else out here that's making money. But it's not through rap. It's not through acting. It's not through, you know, social media and all the other, you know, fake ways of somehow hoping that you get your live ticket. It's through hard, regular hard work, blood, sweat, and tears leveraging your investments, meeting people, and doing bigger and better things. And that's what I keep trying to tell people. And that's why I always encourage um, some of my colleagues to give back. to Because people wonder why I, I do a lot of the volunteering that I do. I do, volunteer with the Christian legal clinics. I sit on um, the board for them. I was going to the prison doing stuff like Bible study. Um, I go and do expungement clinics. Whatever I can. Because people need to see... And they need to see success stories that's not on the TV, okay? That's not rapping. That's not acting. That's not uh, creating images that is, that's bad for our um, c- community. You know, that's what people need to start buying. And see, you, listen, and this, the one thing about this country, sure, is racism. It's a glass ceiling. It's so many other things. But the one truth that we have to accept is you do have an opportunity not everybody got the same opportunity but more often than not you have an opportunity you just have to find out where your passion is where your gift is and where your love is and you got to go forward and when you're passionate because now see that's the thing that people never talk about the reason why Jordan was the greatest ever because he was given certain skills but he had a passion and he went forward no matter what Jay-Z is at the top of his level because he had a passion and he went forward. Same way as Kanye, same way as Denzel. All these guys had talents, but they put a passion behind it. So it doesn't you you can't be the greatest basketball player in the world if that's not your gift. But you just somehow tall and you want to play ball and you think you're gonna no, you can't do it. No difference than you can't be a lawyer and be great at it and make a lot of money if you don't have the natural skill and desire to help people, okay? So whatever it is, choose your choose your call and choose your gift. If you have artistic skills, you need to be an architect or a painter or a designer, graphics or something, do logos, whatever the case may be. If you go with poetry, maybe don't be, try to be a rapper, but try to be, uh, uh, try to write some books, okay? Try to uh, put, put your poems and cards, 
submit them to a fortune cookie company, whatever. It's a thousand ways to make money with the internet these days, okay? With social media, that's how you use it. That's how you leverage it. Not doing it just, I want to be famous and get my 15 minutes of fame. Because those people crash and burn. They're miserable. They're horrible. And it's not like you said, they, they're a-holes when you meet them in person. So many different things. Yeah, man. Yo, um, <laughs> I so totally agree. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, not not the fact that I'm up here just agreeing with everything you say. is You saying some real shit. You know what I'm saying? We saying real shit that's not fucking mentioned on higher platforms. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I also want to say is, like, like you said, like, sit down and find out what you have a passion for. You know what I'm saying? Um, because there's so many ways out here to make money. And just stop waiting for a fucking handout from the white man or the government. You know what I'm saying? I'm tired of that. Oh, the white man ain't giving me bullshit. Yo, like, you are given the opportunity, the same opportunity as everybody. You know what I'm saying? Just, you got to take advantage of it. Sit down, turn the fucking reality TV off, get off social media, brainstorm. Right? Stop complaining, too. That's another thing, yo. Stop stop complaining w- without uh, getting your resources together and, and studying it and getting some knowledge about something. You know what I'm saying? Um, you you want to hear something deep? Because you said stop looking for handouts. The two things that come to mind when I think of who, who wants handouts, babies and pets. <laughs> Who, think about it. <laughs> Babies and pets want handouts. <laughs> but real, real adults, real humans, even in the animal kingdom, real beasts, they're yeah. not looking for handouts. They're going out hunting. Yeah. Wolves, yeah. okay, lions, bears. True. You know, tigers, they out hunting. They're not looking yeah. for somebody to drop a piece of fish. Yeah. You know, or a, a, a dead uh, a dare to just fall out. They, they out. Get it. They are, a wolf will sit there and track you for days and wait for you to take a nap and then that's your ass. That's how he eating. That's right. the only way he going to But that's how we're supposed to be. Yeah. We're supposed to be waiting for it. Well, let me get my welfare check. Where where, where my, uh, my, uh, my income tax return or my credit. You yeah. know, or, you know let, let me get my stimulus package. Let me get my section. Eight. Like, what are you? You're either cattle or you're a baby. You're, you're not grown. You're not an adult. Yeah. Because adults go out there and hustle. And yeah. I don't mean hustle in terms of, you know, faking. I mean hustling as in putting in work and doing what you have to do. Because yeah. there's opportunity out there. Listen. Oh, yeah. Again, as much as we want to say about this country, and see, that's the part that people understand. I'm never naive to my color, my place, and my status. But I also am smart enough to know where I live. I live in a capitalist society. When you get to a certain point, your color is not as important as the color of that money. I'm a black nigga all day to all these judges, to these attorneys, and to these insurance companies. And they let me know I'm a black nigga. But at the end of the day, when it's about green, they ain't got nothing to say to me. When they see I'm bringing money to the courthouse, they ain't have nothing to say to me. Okay, when I'm making... Uh, money taking it from some of these insurance companies and putting it in other ways into the economy like rent, internet access, phone access, fax machine, hiring people. They're not saying as much. Yeah. But when I'm out, but if I was to be out there flossing, getting cars, strip clubs, 
drugs and all that. Now I'm a buffoon. They just waiting for me to get enough money to take it away from me because that's what the government do. Okay, it's called through taxes. It's also called through FBI extortion or locking you up and um, uh, when the state sees your property because they love when the drug dealers make all that cash money. Okay, and then they lock you up and then take it because now they don't have to go nowhere. It's the difference when they got property. Okay, if, or if you have precious metal or investments, that's a whole lot of stuff. The one thing they want you to do, go ahead and make $4 million in drug money. Because as soon as we lock you up, we putting that right downtown in our little warehouse, and we're going to funnel it right back into the community, lock 10 more people up, and buy some what, more drugs. What, what, by the way, where, what, those, where do that money go when they do them drug busts and all that? And, like, what's up with that money? Is, is it sitting? Well, yeah, it's sitting because they can't. They can't move it quick enough, just as much as the product they can't move as quickly. But once they seize it, there's a certain amount of time to where, you know, say you were to get acquitted and you had a property receipt showing that it was righteous, they have to give it back. But most people don't have that. So, yeah, they seize it, they take it, they do their paperwork, and then they give it to to the office that, you know, righteously took it. And now it's property of that office. So when you got an undercover that said, hey, I need 40 grand to put some buy money for this coke, they give it to the officer, okay? If you really get deep, a lot of these cats that's sitting in these positions, they put it in their pocket. So when you ask yourself, you know, how is the FBI chief living in a $400,000 crib? You tell me. Yeah. You know, how is it that he can drive a SL 500 worth 160 grand? You know, mm. or, but, but I mean, essentially that's where the money goes. The money's not going to the community. It's yeah. not going back to the Commonwealth. So the Commonwealth can use it maybe for the school district or the repaid rules. No, it goes to that department, to that unit, unless the federal government or higher up unit comes in and pulls rank and says, well, we need it. Yeah. But that's how it's happened one way or another, because, because realistic, because now, I mean, when you look at the pure, if it was purity in it, then yeah, you can't, I mean, it's drug money. So what are you going to do with it? You, you can't give it back to the buyers. What are you going to give it to their family? No. Yeah. But that's essentially what happens. It goes into the pockets of the people, you know, that took it, you know? Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah, man. We, uh, we're running out of time, man. Um, it's been good, man, to have you on the show. Look, you know, I'm going to have you on here. <laughs> Uh, on some some more episodes, man. Uh, we didn't even uh, get a chance to um, get into some other. How, topics. how much time we got left? Um, it's only about like two minutes left. Okay, but let, um, let me just say this last part real quick. All right, go ahead. I want everybody out there to just pay attention. Okay, we couldn't get into the election, but just pay attention. Trump is elected; he's a president now. You just watch how, and it's already started. How now the process is going to be rebuild his image. And you ever hear a lot of people saying, give him a chance. Let's just see what he has to say. Let's see what he has to do. And you know what? Just ask yourself why. That's all I want you to do. Ask yourself why should we? Because he hasn't come out and apologized for all the racist stuff he says. He hasn't come out and said, oh, I was just playing, y'all. I was joking. So what essentially the country's saying is give him a chance. Give this racist a chance. Give this bigot a chance. Give this person a chance who said all this foul stuff, and he hasn't even come out and apologized or said anything about it. But you just see, they're going to start now taking all of our so-called heroes and celebrities, and they're going to start saying, give them a chance. 
which is only the only thing second worst that is. If you notice, I don't know if you notice, uh, Jay. A lot of uh, national anthems are being sung by black people now. You notice that at the sports events, yeah, yeah. a lot of black people shoot. We can get into that the next time, but think of how deep that is. Colin Kaepernick stood up for it, created all this controversy. Now to take that out, because how hard is it for you to sit in, in uh, uh, disobeying, so to speak, when another black person is singing the anthem, which I think is the most disrespectful thing. But Yeah, that... <laughs> yeah man. Uh, yeah, this thing got heavy in, with this episode today. Um, I just hope y'all you know, take your time to listen to everything that this good brother said. You know what I'm saying? He's definitely going to be on the podcast um, plenty of times. You know what I mean? You know, um, but the podcast will be um, released every Monday. It'll be a new episode every Monday. Um, I don't know when this episode will drop. Uh, I'm not sure yet, but uh, just continue to follow um the podcast hood geniuses on twitter and instagram hood geniuses pod and um we just gonna stop there you know what i'm saying um and make sure you go follow uh gary belly and associates on all his social medias you know what i'm saying we right here he right here in philly so you know what i'm saying holler at him if you if you you know what i'm saying if you got a case or know somebody that um Need his service. 267 225 1500 Walnut Street, Suite 809. Right. Right. 